Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 7th, 2022, and this is officially episode number 518, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. Let's kick it off with some cryptid stuff. We haven't had uh, much in the way of cryptid news, but uh, this weekend, say this past weekend, June 5th, was the 35th anniversary. Boy, do I feel old. Uh, the 35th anniversary, June 5th, 1987, of the Harry and the Hendersons movie. Don't tell me you don't remember that. Uh, 35 years, my goodness. It just seems like... Last year, that movie came out. Um, boy, oh boy. It's the, uh, as far as I know, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the highest grossing Bigfoot movie to date. Probably not the highest grossing cryptid movie to date. That might be, hmm, what would that be? Mothman Prophecies, I'd have to guess. Maybe Godzilla could be the highest grossing cryptid movie of all time uh, but unfortunately um, I think uh, Harry Henderson's made just less than 50 million dollars back in 1987 between uh, domestic and international money not horrible I think it peaked out at number three if I do remember correctly I don't know what that would translate to in 2022 dollars uh but it came uh opening weekend it was third behind beverly hills cop 2 and the untouchables beverly hills cop 2 my goodness i really feel old man oh man uh but yeah the highest grossing bigfoot movie there's a lot of bigfoot movies i think there's at least 50 if you count them up and of course you know we talked about movies on this show before it seems it's pretty obvious i think that alien based movies far outsell cryptid movies you don't have to look too far well, the entire marvel cinematic universe is all based on aliens i uh, even stole thor from our uh you know folklore and and made him an alien and of course you have dc uh, let alone all the Star Wars stuff going on, Star Trek, if you remember all that. Uh, you can even throw Transformers in there. But what does cryptozoology have, movie-wise? Godzilla, like I mentioned, uh, American Werewolf in London and Paris, I suppose. I mentioned the Mothman Prophecies, uh, Silver Bullet, one of my favorite uh, cryptid-type movies, werewolf-type stuff. Um, but yeah, Looking at cryptozoology overall, probably not money-wise, but overall the volume of movies, it's owned by Bigfoot. But I think its uh, they're all independent stuff, and that's the reason why you don't see anything major, except for Harry and the Andersons, which was uh, – what was it, Universal that did that? Or Paramount, I forget who did that, but you had Rick Baker. Um, you had uh, – uh, what's his name from uh, – Chewbacca played uh, Harry and the Harry and the Harry and the Hendersons, so yeah, it wasn't a small production. It was uh, it was a big time production, but that's it. 1987, 35 years. Thought it was cool. Very excited. Uh, also, this weekend, I should say Friday, technically Thursday, is uh, Jurassic World Dominion is making its debut. I watch the uh, – I don't really ever watch those red carpet things, but I, I don't know why. just had to watch it last night. It's a big moment for me. I was a big fan of the book, which I already knew at the time was being developed into a movie. I read the book twice. 
before the movie came out. And I was one of those people yelling at the movie, saying how that wasn't in the book uh, for the 1983 Jurassic Park. Or I should say 1993 Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, six movies now. It's crazy. And it's almost like the last three were just basically a reboot of the first three. Am I wrong? That's how I feel. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion this Thursday. And I'll be there at 4 o'clock opening here in my area. And I was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago. One could honestly make the case that this is a cryptid movie. Technically. Uh, dinosaurs don't exist. They shouldn't exist. We've created them. And granted, you know, 65, 66 million years ago, they would have lived here in the United States. Some of them, not all of them. So when, you know, we could ponder that. Would they be considered cryptids? And I've really enjoyed, I don't know if you've seen the uh, social media behind this uh, movie. They're showing dinosaur sightings from all around the world, kind of getting in the spirit of the movie, which I thought was pretty cool. A lot of those came from the um, movie short Battle at Big Rock. You can watch that on YouTube, which is pretty cool. You kind of get a preview of what this movie's going to be about. I would say no, it's pretty close to what we're going to see from what I've seen with the previews. And you don't have to look too far. So the highest grossing movie franchises. Again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the alien stuff outranks cryptid stuff. Uh, number 10 franchise, Peter Jackson's Middle Earth. So that's all the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Hobbit trilogy uh, based on the uh, Tolkien novels. Uh, so number 10, Star Trek. Number 9, I grew up watching those movies. The old school stuff. And the new stuff is pretty cool too. But uh, number 9, and Jurassic Park. You'd think they'd be a lot higher, but they're sitting at number eight on the all-time franchise list. Uh, but that's going to change with this movie, no doubt. Uh, another uh, chapter, even if it's the final chapter, which I doubt they've made so much money, there's no way you're just going to hang that up. Uh, probably going to thrust them at least into number seven. I don't know if they're going to hit number six, but number seven is the X-Men which uh, you could say that's a lot of alien stuff on there. Yeah, it's mutants. There's some alien stuff in there too, right? Uh, Harry Potter, number six. It's like $3.7 billion. It's a lot of money. Uh, Spider-Man, number five. That's going to continue to gross. Uh, Batman, number four. That's going to continue to grow. James Bond. Number three, all-time on the uh, franchise list. Highest-grossing franchise, number three. Uh, number two, Star Wars. And that's just talking about box office. So that's movies. So if they're going to move away, just like uh, Marvel seems to be moving away from movies, uh, that's going to shrink. And speaking of Marvel, Marvel is number one. Marvel Cinematic Universe, number one. $10.5 billion. That's insane. That's a lot of money. So, yeah, movies. I could talk movies all day, especially paranormal-type movies, uh, cryptid movies, alien movies. It's uh, very exciting. But, yeah, I wonder, anybody's really thinking about Jurassic World being anything such as a cryptid book? And if you read, or a cryptid movie, if you read the original book, it does kind of feel like a, a cryptid novel because want to ruin it. Well, it's been out for 30 years, so if you haven't read the book, shame on you. Uh, but it opens and ends with this mystery of dinosaurs being spotted in society, and it's kind of a, kind of a cover-up. But I, you'd wonder if that really happened, would we be talking about it on a show like this? Dinosaur sightings. I mean, we do talk about dinosaur sightings, so I would assume that if Jurassic Park would have been real, 
it would have been covered on shows like the Paranormal News Insider. And speaking of Bigfoot, to kind of wrap things up, Bigfoot is uh, big this summer. Not in the movies, but uh, in events. And I just updated the event site for uh, early June. There's a few that I missed. I know there's a lot more that I, I totally missed out on in probably April and May. It just seems like, I don't know, they're just not out in front like they used to be. That makes any sense. But a few just got kicked my way the last few days. Uh, one event I just added actually takes place this weekend. June 10th through the 12th in Marionville, Pennsylvania. It's the Forest County Bigfoot Festival. It takes place uh, right in the smack dab in the middle of one of my favorite places to hike, camp, and uh, went kayaking there. Gosh, was that a couple of years ago now? Two, three years ago? Good grief. Uh, and that's the Allegheny National Forest in Northwest Pennsylvania. Awesome place. Uh, the keynote speaker there is uh, also a friend of mine, Amy Boo. Uh, she spoke at uh, my conference that I held a few years ago, uh, BFRO investigator. Uh, another event also this weekend is the Alabama Bigfoot Conference in Oxford, Alabama. You can uh, meet Cliff Berkman and Ken Gerhard, a couple of really, really nice grounded down-to-earth guys I had the chance to meet them a few years ago as well. Uh, I think that's it. So check out the list of conferences, conventions that I have at paranewsinsider.com. Click on the events tab at the top. And if you know of any conferences, conventions that uh, I missed because I, I can't get them all, I need your help. It's a participation type of thing. So if you go to that list and you see some that uh, you're going to or you know of or you're putting on, uh, so let me know. You can email me at insider at paranewsinsider.com. Probably the quickest way is just message me on Facebook. I'm fine with that. It's okay. I get those all the time uh, for all sorts of stuff. Work, home, personal, everything. That's why I throw my phone in the garbage half the time. Anyway, no, just kidding. Let's roll it off with some cryptid news. We'll keep the Bigfoot train rolling, whatever that means. Let's just go with it. Cryptid news. And yes, I couldn't go another week. We went two weeks without a cryptid story. And I, I just couldn't keep going with uh, nothing cryptid. Since the, uh, the kids are either out of school or just about out of school, depends on where you're at, I suppose. People might be thinking about taking a road trip or a vacation. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, I finally took my first vacation earlier this year. First one I took in uh, two years. So I get it. You got to get out. You got to go somewhere. And if you're like me, sometimes you try to take that vacation and add a little bit of paranormal stuff to it just to kind of enjoy a little bit of stuff. Um, you know, I'm always looking at if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to look at what's paranormal there that I can check out or maybe there's something that I've wanted to see and maybe I can mix in a vacation around that it's tricky uh, I should go into the uh, vacation planning business uh, here in Ohio um, about a half hour um, away from the Kenmore area which is home to Ohio's Grassman became popular in the 70s and again in the 90s. Um, let's see, about 45 minutes from Orange Eyes, which is spotted near Mansfield, Ohio, which of course has a lot of ghostly stuff attached to it. Um, also about an hour away from the Sasquatch Triangle, as well as uh, Minerva, home of the Minerva Monster, and about three hours away from where the Cedar Bog Monster was seen. And uh, that's also close to where the Wild Man of Enon was spotted. All of those are Bigfoot-like creatures. And, of course, we have a lot of other cryptid 
excitement here in the Buckeye State as well, in addition to the uh, the Bigfoot-type creatures. But uh, let's go to Sutton, West Virginia, over the border, down there in the uh, mountains, the mountain state of West Virginia. Sutton is home to the West Virginia Bigfoot Museum. Uh, recently, the topic of an article on WCHS-TV out of Charleston, the capital. It's got a nice little capital building. Uh, go slow if you're going through on 77. It's only, I think, it's 50 miles an hour. Don't speed. But uh, check out the Capitol building. It's all gold. It's really cool. Um, the article highlights the museum that is home to some interesting evidence. Uh, Laurel Potolikio, who is the co-owner of the museum, she says, quote, we have a whole book of eyewitness accounts. It's pastors, prison guards, and everyday Joes who are seeing this. These are all original casts from West Virginia. Uh, so they have uh, sightings, books of sightings, and also casts that you can check out, you can look at. Uh, we actually have a hair sample that's uh, been DNA tested. It came back as an unknown animal. It's amazing how many people, especially from West Virginia, that have come in here and have shared personal experiences. I'm shocked. I was not a believer when we started this. Unquote. Uh, the museum is free to enter and is located at 400 4th Street in downtown Sutton. So that sounds big. Yeah, you might miss it. Downtown Sutton. Well, not really. Downtown isn't very big. And if you're going too fast, You'll end up down the street at the Sutton Dam. It's it's a very small town. It's probably like 15 buildings in total. So you're going to see it. Don't worry. Uh, Sutton is located in Braxton County, West Virginia. And if Braxton County sounds familiar, uh, you might remember the Braxton County Monster, which is also known as the Flatwoods Monster. Uh, the strange sighting of a giant creature, or it could have been an alien. Uh, Flatwoods uh, itself is a short six-and-a-half-mile drive north. It's pretty close to Sutton. Uh, but you won't have to leave Sutton to learn about it, as it's home to the Flatwoods Monster Museum. Uh, that's been on my list to go see for quite a while, and I've just never had the time to squeeze in when I go through that area. Um, that's a nice two-for-one paranormal special. Now that I know the... Uh, the uh, cryptid spots there jeez the West Virginia Bigfoot Museum and the Flatwoods Monster Museum right there on the same street pretty much in walking distance that's pretty cool uh, if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling really adventurous you can take the uh, see it's a 127 mile uh, two hour trip so it'd be was that 75 to 77 north uh, to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And, of course, that sounds familiar. It should. We've already talked about it. Mothman. Home of Mothman. Lots of museums there. It's, it's also a lot of historical stuff to see there as well. Um, so we got a question chat. What's the biggest park in Ohio? I'm not sure what you mean by park. Like... Like uh, park park, like uh, we have the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. We have a national park here in Ohio. It's literally down the street from me, about 15, 20 minutes away. I can get to the national park. And that national park is home to a couple of cryptids, a lot of ghost stories. Uh, one pretty popular cryptid, unfortunately, they stopped celebrating it a couple of years ago. Uh, the Peninsula Python, which is a giant snake that was supposedly uh, on a circus train that escaped. But, uh, yeah, they don't celebrate it anymore. They used to have a little parade. They had a little uh, giant boa constrictor float thing. But, yeah, they don't. Uh, they just kind of stopped doing it for some reason. It's kind of it's rather sad. You know, about... 10, 15 minutes away from there. So, yeah, I'm pretty close to the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Uh, some of the other big parks, uh, of course, uh, uh, 
big one is is down south. If you're going to uh, if you're going to look for Bigfoot or anything like that, it's the Wayne National Forest south of here. Uh, it's probably the second best place in Ohio next to the Sasquatch Triangle, which is a little further north of that area to look for Bigfoot. So yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I'm surrounded by woody areas here in Ohio. Uh, lots of cryptid stories, lots of UFO stories, and of course, lots of great places to go investigate for ghosts. Uh, but UFOs, well, that's next up tonight. And, you know, we talked about the uh, congressional hearing. That's been a big deal. So there's been a pretty big focus on UFOs, and people are, I think, paying a little bit more attention to their surroundings now. So I kind of expected a lot more stories to pop up. And I don't know if I've seen an influx, but I've seen a few more logical ones. So ones that I don't understand how people are confusing what they're seeing with a UFO, or people are just jumping to that conclusion because it's popular. Uh, but uh, that's not always the case. We've got a couple of really strange ones. And one that I want to share with you tonight happened late in the evening on Wednesday, June 1st. Kimberly Slover heard a knock on her door at her home in Woodlake, California. When she opened the door, she saw her friend, Victor Chavez, wanting her to see what he had been seeing in the sky, which he claimed was a spaceship. It's never a good way to open up a conversation, come look at the spaceship uh, because you're already uh, putting thoughts in that person's mind, but that's okay. You're, you're excited. And I get that. Uh, Slover grabbed her cell phone and recorded what she described as a round like disc on fire in front and back as it was around the edges of disc. That's a quote. That sounds funny. That's a quote. Uh, she further explained to Fox 26 KMPH, quote, I recorded a red spinning disc and maybe a hole in the middle, unquote. Weird. Uh, strange sighting. And uh, we'll try this week. I had some problems last time uploading some pictures. So if you're live in chat, I'll show you a little preview of this. Of course, anybody can Google stuff. It's not that hard. You can find it. Uh, there it is. You can find stuff pretty easily if you uh, just Google the uh, Slover, Kimberly Slover, California UFO. It'll pop up. Uh, this is all over the place. Probably as far as UFO sightings in the last week, it's probably, well, it's number two now. There's another one that we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, so, yeah, a red spinning disc. So if you see the video, it's pretty telling. The picture doesn't do a whole lot of justice, uh, but you do see like an orange a circle, and you see like a little black hole in the center of it, and there's little streaks coming out of it. But if you watch the video, oh, well, I'll tell you here in a second. So Slover recorded the object for about a minute as it disappeared and reappeared. The object then turned to a white spinning object after the orange glow went out. Uh, the two stated that they were looking southeast, so southeast from Woodlake, California. Woodlake is uh, central. Uh, it's slightly north, but it's still kind of in central California. Uh, so it kind of tells you uh, what direction they were looking southeast toward. Uh, it would still be California, but close to uh, Nevada. would be a little further west from where they were standing. Uh, the object uh, disappeared, like I said, disappeared or reappeared. The orange glow went out. Uh, so Fox 26 reached out to Vandenberg Space Force Base. So weird to say that. So you sing Air Force Base. Uh, Vandenberg Space Force Base in Santa Barbara County and stated that no launches were scheduled. I was confused because I know where Vandenberg Space Force Base is. It's, it's actually in the opposite direction. 
It's, uh, well, I shouldn't say opposite, but not in the right direction. It's southwest of Woodlake, not southeast. And it's uh, along the coast, so it didn't make sense to me once I knew where South Lake, or I'm sorry, Woodlake was. I, I realized that they were looking in the wrong direction. So Edwards Air Force Base uh, would actually be southeast of that location, pretty close. And ex- it could explain what they saw. Uh, however, uh, it's pretty far away from their location. I don't know the exact location, but from Woodlake to Edwards, um, I think it was about 120 miles. But depends on what uh, what they were seeing, if it was an aircraft, if it was closer, if it was flying toward the base from their location. Uh, but my opinion, if you watch the video, it's pretty telling. You can see the orange is some sort of an exhaust. You can tell, you can see the little streaks coming out of the uh, that orange area, and you'll see that in the video. It just looks like it's spitting out fire. Uh, so to me, it looks like a some sort of exhaust from a jet engine. Uh, could be a, a single-engine jet, probably not a commercial airliner. That's why I'm thinking uh, Edwards would have been a good base to contact. Uh, could have been uh, the F-35 Lightning II, which has been tested for years at Edwards, uh, including the weapon systems. So it could also be a rocket launched from something. Now, there were no rocket launches in the area, uh, no rocket launches at all on the East Coast uh, or the or the West Coast or the East Coast, for that matter. So it wasn't a rocket, per se. You would have never seen that angle from the ground anyway, unless you were kind of standing underneath it launched from that, because that's a pretty low angle. So to me, that looks like a a jet aircraft of some sort, probably a fighter, probably not a single engine commercial type jet, like a uh, Learjet or anything like that. Um, Could also have been the fifth generation fighter, F-22 Raptor. It's also tested in that area. Uh, either one of those aircraft at the right angle could be responsible for what they saw. Though, again, 120 aeronautical miles between the two locations. So uh, that jet would have had to uh, flown for a good 15, 20 minutes closer and then turned around. They still could have seen it, though, at a higher elevation. So I wouldn't state that this would uh, definitely be some sort of UFO type of thing uh, could be more closer to uh, uh, a UAP, I guess, although it's not really a drone type object, but unidentified. But I wouldn't say that I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that that's an alien type spacecraft. Uh, now, I've seen commercial jets fly uh, about half that half that distance, 50, 60 miles uh, flying over Lake Erie. Uh, granted, I'm not looking at their exhaust. I'm looking at the headlights. They're bright enough to make you think they're only a few miles away. But you can look uh, on your phone. You can look at the uh, flight software. You can tell how far away they are. Uh, it's it's amazing at how bright the headlight is. Granted, they look uh, kind of orangish through the uh, through the air, through the uh, heat. And the uh, distortion of the atmosphere. But uh, they do look a lot closer than what they really are. Granted, a lot of people in Lake Area, near Lake Area, like to say that those are UFOs. uh, Because of the way the lights seem to fade off and on. But no, it's just the jet making adjustments. Moving. It's actually the holding pattern. Off of uh, where I'm at. Would be off of Lake Area. Is uh, 20... About 25 miles, so that's the holding pattern for the uh, both airports in Cleveland. So, yeah, not UFOs. And I think that's kind of what uh, these folks were seeing. Kimberly Slover in Woodlake, California, but I think she was seeing a fighter jet. So it's probably not something you'd see all the time. You had to be at the right angle to be looking down that exhaust like that. Um yeah, but to me, it looks like some sort of co- conventional jet or possibly the testing of a missile from a jet. 
but I think you'd see uh, it look a little different from that. Anyway, we talked about the fallout from the public congressional meeting on unidentified flying objects and unidentified aerial phenomena, UFOs and UAPs respectively, way back on May 17th of this year. Um, that fallout is still glowing, and the topic remains hot as ever. People are still talking about it. People still want to continue to talk about it, and we're waiting for more stuff to come out. And now, the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum will be holding a live chat on UFOs and IFOs on Saturday, June 11th. IFOs are identified flying objects, which I find kind of interesting how they're going to talk about both UFOs and IFOs. Uh, well, the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. is temporarily closed through this fall. Uh, they are doing their best to continue to reach out via the Internet to continue to teach. Uh, however, the Stephen F. Udvar Heasy Center in Virginia, which is not too far away from D.C., it's just down the street. I don't understand why that's open, but... The uh, National Air and Space Museum is closed. But it's a D.C. thing, I suppose. Uh, the Stephen F. Udvar Hazy Center in Virginia is open. The program of uh, live chat UFOs and IFOs is presented through the Air and Space website as well as on YouTube Live at youtube.com forward slash air and space. And you can also watch it live at the Stephen F. Udvar Hazy Center in Virginia. Uh, they don't say a whole lot about what it will cover when you're looking at the uh, Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum website. All it really says is, quote, discover the history of UFOs, unidentified flying objects, and IFOs, identified objects. And learn about the report on unidentified aerial phenomena from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, unquote. Uh, the program is part of the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum's Soar Together Family Day, which takes place virtually on June 10th and 11th. And like I mentioned, it also takes place at the Udvar Hazy Center on June 11th, which is uh, dr just directly south of Dulles International Airport. It's pretty much... It almost looks like it's on the airport grounds, but uh, very close. Um, and it's just west of Washington, D.C. Uh, events at the center will take place from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And will include the live chat from 1 to 2. Uh, there will be music and collaborative songwriting sessions with Dr. Jim Thorne. Uh, Hands-on activities and demonstrations. And on top of that, if that wasn't good enough, this is great. Uh, one of the uh, highlights of this, I think, is at 2 p.m., so after you're done with the live chat, which uh, they don't really say who's actually speaking. Uh, when I first read it, it kind of uh, made it sound like it was the uh, director of national intelligence, but it's really the report on unidentified aerial phenomena from the office of the Director of National Intelligence. So I don't know who's leading that, who's going to be answering questions, uh, if there's a panel or what. Uh, so I don't know. It sounds to me like it's going to be a little bit more skeptical, like they're going to be probably leaning more towards the identifiable thing. I mean, all the other unidentified stuff in the government's already out there, so it's pretty easy just to read off of uh, the piece of paper that they have. Uh, but I think they're going to be talking about some explainable stuff during this uh, conference. Uh, but yeah, on top of that, 2 p.m., right after the uh, chat, there's going to be a free showing of the movie The Iron Giant. Probably one of the coolest uh, alien movies uh, for kids, I would think, of all time. Still cool. I, I'll sit and watch it. I, I love that movie. I think it's great. I think I actually own that. Probably VHS, uh, but I do own it. 
Uh, it's in the Airbus IMAX theater. So pretty cool to see that. It's kind of fitting to of you know the government figures that come in and want to blow stuff up. Uh, to be on a first come first serve basis. So get in there quick. Registration is requested for the event. And you can find that link at the Air and Space website at airandspace.si.edu. And uh, the description of the event on the Udvar Hazy Center says, uh, quote, uh, for years people have looked to the skies. I'm fascinated by the topic of unidentified flying objects, also known as UFOs. During this family day, you'll get to explore what the aviation world considers a UFO and learn how and why they are studied. You'll also discover how the possibilities of UFOs have inspired creativity and the imagination through movies, stories, and songs. Unquote. Uh, the event is completely free, including the movie. Don't forget Iron Giant. Uh, completely free. But obviously, you're going to have to get there. You have to pay for uh, the gas, which is probably 7 bucks a gallon in that area. Uh, or you could just fly in the Dulles. Probably take an Uber right there. It's not that far. Just uh, don't, you know, just pack a light bag, just a, you know, carry-on luggage. Uh, but you'll still have to pay $15 for parking if you drive there. But if you Uber in, you're probably good to go. Uh, the museum that's uh, attached to that is also free. And you're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, that's actually, that one's on my list. I've been to the uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, which is just f absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but this one here, they've got a couple of hangars that you can go into, and it's uh, it's incredible. They've got uh, a Sopwith Camel from World War One, which I don't know. I'm, I'm a big I'm a big aviation freak. I, I like planes and jets, and especially stuff from yesteryear. I've flown one of those Sopwith Camels. Well, I mean, flown it on like Microsoft Flight Simulator, not for real, but it was a lot of fun. It's a pretty cool airplane. Uh, the first Air France Concorde is there in a uh, hangar. You can walk up to it, kick the tires. Just can't light the fires. Uh, the second Learjet ever built is hanging from the rafters there as well, as well as an SR-71 Blackbird, which they have. Uh, I've got an SR-71 in the Air and Space Museum, so I have seen that one before, but very cool to see. And also... They've got the Space Shuttle Discovery there as well. So you can see that for free. That's pretty cool. I've seen two Space Shuttles in my lifetime. I don't know if I've seen the – I can't remember if I've seen the Discovery. Uh, but at least two I've seen. Again, check out the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum for more information on listening in or submitting your questions to the live chat, which you can uh, if you go to uh, YouTube Live. Uh, so YouTube dot com forward slash air and space on uh, what time is that one o'clock this saturday so i'll be at work uh, that stinks really would like to listen to that um but i'm sure they'll have a breakdown of that you can uh, rewatch that as well so yeah check out the uh, smithsonian national air and space museum for more information on listening and, and submitting your questions to the live chat about ufos IFOs, as well as the report on unidentified aerial phenomena from the office of the director of national intelligence or national unintelligence, however you want to look at that. Um, she's uh, MUFON. Speaking of uh, unintelligence, uh, the mutual UFO network. Uh, has released their sighting statistics for May of 2022. Last year, 2021, was not a good year for the release of their statistics, uh, at least uh, for my usage. Uh, only six months of data was uh, sent out. Uh, never did get a hold of the other six months of data. So it's kind of hard to contrast compared to uh, last year's numbers when 
they only have so many of them. But uh, so far this year, we're not seeing earth-shattering numbers with uh, these sighting statistics at all. With, uh, let's see, 599 total reports in January, which is uh, not that impressive. If anything less than 1,000 a month, that's almost not even worth talking about. Uh, 426 in the United States that month. And February, uh, even worse, 399. 399. Couldn't even break 400. And that's the lowest number I've seen since I've been documenting these numbers way back in 2015. Uh, February also had 330 sightings for the United States. Uh, March jumped up slightly with 417 total sightings and 338 in the U.S. April had 504 total sightings with 399 in the United States. Uh, Now here in the month of June, we look back at the month of May because obviously we can't see what's going on. I mean, we could guess or we could look at some of them, but uh, the totals aren't out for June, but they are out for May. And we'll see that MUFON has reported a total of 602 reports for last month. Uh, the last time they reported a number that high, at least that I have, uh, well, October of 2021, uh, with an even 600 reports uh, September of 2021 had 681, which uh, might have been the high water mark for 2021. But uh, again, I don't have all the months. Well, I got six of them. Of the uh, 602 total reports from May, 483 originated from the United States. The uh, next highest was the United Kingdom with 30. And, of course, uh, next month, that's, I don't know, they could be challenged with the United States because of this. uh, It's going to change. The United Kingdom will be higher, probably still be second. But the the Queen's Platinum Jubilee flyover showcased uh, a bunch of people reported seeing UFOs on, um, I don't know if it was the same channel, showing different angles. But obviously a physical object flying through the uh, flyover at the uh, Platinum Jubilee for the Queen. And uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's funny that people zoomed in on it. Yeah, it looks like a ball when it's zoomed in. But when you zoom out and you watch it, I don't know how many UFOs uh, flap their wings. But uh, yeah, it was just a bird. I don't know why people get so excited about that stuff. People want to believe but sometimes you just got to look at it and for what it is. Uh, France was third. Uh, 24 reports. Canada had 21. Australia had nine. Belgium, five. Mexico had three. Which I find hard to believe. Uh, but that's just what MUFON reports. Uh, Germany, Bahamas, India, Switzerland, and New Zealand had two reports each, and there were 17 other countries that only reported one each. Uh, Looking at the 483 U.S. reports, the number one state was California with 55. Of course, that's no real big deal. California leads the uh, United States in population, so they should be number one. Talk more about that here in a second. Uh, Florida was next with 47. Texas had 25. Washington and Pennsylvania had 22 each. That's uh, Washington State. Uh, Illinois had 20. Arizona, Colorado, and North Carolina had 16 reports each. Missouri had 15. New Mexico, New York, and Ohio had 14 each. Uh, Georgia had uh, 12. And Massachusetts, Arkansas, and Indiana had 11 each. Wisconsin had 10. Uh, And if I didn't name your state, we'll do better. You had less than 10. It's embarrassing. Uh, Slacker.com is uh, kind of the central unit here. So MUFON sends out these uh, emails once a month if you're lucky. 
they send out more correspondence about their uh, giant uh, event coming up. I'm really tired of hearing about it personally. Um, yeah, I'm not going to that. MUFON Symposium, July 8th to the 10th, Denver, Colorado. It's the same old tired speaking troupe that they have pretty much every year. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, they, they do kind of a good job of breaking down some of the cases from that month. Uh, but you only hear about it once a month, and it's just a breakdown. They don't get excited about stuff during the year. They don't get a hold of the uh, the media. They don't turn any of the stuff in. But, uh, it's, I mean, what's amazing about all this stuff is, uh, about these statistics at least, is that despite how large of an organization MUFON is, uh, MUFON has a presence in every U.S. state. Uh, has a presence in multiple countries around the world. It's headquartered here in Ohio, by the way, Cincinnati. But it's giant. There's uh, Every state has a state director. Uh, they have uh, investigators in, in each state. Uh, some of them, they have... Uh, they divide the state into sections. At least they used to. I don't know if they still do that, honestly. Uh, but there's so many people that work for MUFON. But you hardly ever hear anything about what they're doing or information. Uh, I just I'm I'm I just don't understand it. Like why uh, a giant organization like this? Uh, you know that they're uh, I don't know if they're they're not really paying people. It's pretty much a volunteer basis, but with their Leadership moving from uh, out west to uh, Cincinnati because of some of the internal problems that they've had, of course. And, you know, still, again, this giant, giant organization, but you don't hear anything from them. However, New Fork, which is funny because it's, it's pretty much run by three people, there's uh, a lot more news stories that come out about New Fork uh, than MUFON, total. Uh, although it's just about their um, their uh, sightings, their reports, which they do. Um, what's the guy's name? Dave McDonald. That's his name. MUFON director Dave McDonald. Uh, he was the... Um, uh, he was just below, uh, what's his name, the the other guy who got arrested. But uh, now he's taken over again, Dave McDonald. He's uh, he's getting up there in age. I think he's in his 80s. They need some young blood. They truly do. Dave McDonald, leading MUFON. Uh, I do think they need some new young blood. Not going to do anything crazy, but I, I think they need some young guys. Younger guys. Maybe 40s. I'll volunteer. I'll run MUFON for a while. Couldn't do any worse. Uh, New Fork, National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, again, boasts a crew of like three people, I think. One's uh, the webmaster. One's in charge of the organization. And another, I think, just answers the phones, I think. Uh, but not a single day goes by where somebody is writing a story about how many UFO sightings their state has. And that's all based on New Fork's numbers, by the way. I just read one from Arizona that got reported uh, today. It's the same old tired data, but people are using it over and over. And it gets them a lot of attention. Um, the good thing and the bad thing here is uh, these stories is that it relies on the highest number of sightings per state. So... States are bragging about being number one, which is California, which is great because they have the highest population. So a lot more people will be excited about that than, than uh, like Alaska. So since California leads the U.S. in population, of course, it's going to lead that list. It also leads, typically leads the list for, for MUFON as well. MUFON, like I mentioned, they used to do uh, the per capita sightings breakdowns, which I had done that for a little while over the years on the show. 
uh, back when their sightings were a little bit more, uh, a little larger than uh, four, five, six hundred, which is really nothing. When they were in the twelve, fifteen hundred a month, it's still technically, statistically insignificant. However, it was a little bit better than just a few hundred. But uh, this this new fork stuff, they're not really breaking things down anymore either. Uh, I saw that they used to. 2015, 2016, there was uh, quite a few articles about the um, the odds of seeing a UFO in a state uh, or the uh, per capita breakdown. And there was uh, the most recent article was on Stacker.com, August 9th, 2021, which uh, talks about the states with the most UFO sightings according to New Forks data. California led the way with 10,333. That's a lot of sightings. I didn't have to add up. I didn't add up MUFONs, but uh, guess that seems like it's higher than MUFONs. California total number. Um, but using the most recent population statistics, you do the math, you carry the one, you take off your shoe and count your pinky toe. It's 26 out of every 100,000 people have reported a UFO in the state of California in the year 2021, or maybe it was 2020, but either way, 26 out of every 100,000 people. It's not very many, I don't think. But uh, it sounds impressive, right? 26 out of 100,000. We look at Florida, which is number two on the list. They have almost half. They've got 5,826 sightings, and they come close, but a little little out ahead of California with 27 out of every 100,000 people making a report. Uh, then we go to number three on the list, Washington State. They fall down to uh, 4,351 sightings, a lot less, way less than half of California's. However, you add up their per capita that's a whopping 57 out of 100,000 people, which is way more significant to California, but they're number three on the list. Uh, even Arizona, which is number seven on the list with 3,188 sightings, turn in 44 out of 100,000. Uh, Oregon, which is 12th on the list, 2,316 sightings, gives it a 55 out of 100,000. Let's see, New Mexico, 27th on the list with just 1,143 sightings. Gives it a uh, 54 out of 100,000. Idaho, number 30 on the list with 1,001 sightings. That equates to 56 out of every 100,000 people reporting a UFO. See how this math works? You can list the states, but when you do it, when you do the per capita, it really jumps out the states that are a little bit more significant than others. Maine, pretty far down there on the list uh, as far as uh, state population. And they only had 826 sightings. Not very many, right? That puts them 35th on the list. But that also gives them 61 out of 100,000 people. Uh, Alaska also matches the uh, that total. <coughs> yeah, even with uh, 448 reports, so almost uh, half. And they're 45th on the list, but they match the per capita of Maine. Uh, New Hampshire, home of the uh, Betty and Barney Hill abduction, Number 33 on the list, 863 sightings. Their per capita, 63. 63 out of 100,000 people reported a UFO in New Hampshire. Uh, Montana, just 39th on the list, 43rd in state population. Uh, Gives it a, they got a 67. Vermont, 44th on the list, just 459 reports. 
that would come in with uh, 73 out of 100,000. I do remember reading uh, Vermont. They did the math, too. They realized they were number one. They they did release the story a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, on their per capita, that they have the best chances spotting a UFO in the state of Vermont, which is true. But, um, yeah. Per capita, numbers don't lie. However, the people behind the the numbers sometimes lie or make things up. And that's part of the problem. Yes, MUFON has investigators. New Fork uh, will look into sightings, but they don't have boots on the ground. They don't have uh, investigators doing all this stuff. Uh, they'll look at a sighting. They'll kind of think about it. But I, I think more slip through New Fork than MUFON. So that's why New Fork's numbers are higher. Uh, MUFON will actually look at sightings. And if it's determined that it's a, a flare or it's parachutists with flares at their feet or it's a, a rocket launch, they take those numbers out where I think New Fork leaves them in. Uh, so, you know, which is better? I don't know. Um, but it's amazing that, you know, New Fork with just minimal payroll they get way more press coverage than than Buffon, which is uh, shame on them. Should be out there every day. Uh, should be out there. They should be on the news. You know who who's leading the uh, who's their uh, public figure. I know they've gone through quite a few people. They do have uh, a press contact. They do have. Uh, was it Ron James is their director of media relations? They did make a statement uh, about the UAP hearing, which is nothing major. But uh, yeah, they talk about their 10,000 reports a year. Well, California had more than 10,000, according to New Fork. So why would we want to listen to MUFON? 1,100 volunteers nationwide, 46 international chapters. 4,600 members globally. Well, I remember when MUFON had over 10,000 members 10, 15 years ago, but uh, yeah, they're shrinking. And you would think that in 2022, we would be at, at the era where people would want to join these UFO investigation groups and they would want to volunteer and they would want to get out there and look. Uh, but MUFON, I, I don't, it's just not. Uh, it's just not there. It's not happening. And despite all this popularity with UFOs, uh, I hear more about people starting Bigfoot groups and I do UFO investigation groups, which is insane. Uh, right now is the time to get into uh, UFOs, UFO uh, aeronautics, or understanding airplanes or, or space science, astronomy, whatever you want to get into is now's the time but uh, it seems like people are still investigating ghosts the tired old troop uh, knocking on walls and stumbling around abandoned buildings with flashlights but uh, yeah we're talking about UFOs the government is talking about UFOs the government doesn't care about ghosts There's no public hearing on ghosts no public hearing on Bigfoot I don't know I, don't, I just it's weird. The paranormal is always behind on stuff. But it's funny. You know, you talk about the 80s and 90s and even, you know, 20 years ago. It was all of us crazy people hiding in the basements talking about UFOs. Now it's the government that are doing more of the work than these uh, private organizations like MUFON. I mean, I hear more about state senators making statements than... Dave McDonald making a statement. So move on. Step up. I'll write you some stuff. You got to hire me, though, but you got to put me on the payroll and I'll write some stuff for you guys. I'll get you out there. I, I know they've had uh, plenty of good people uh, that used to do stuff for them that uh, have left under different circumstances. And uh, move on has had a lot of internal conflict, internal uh, issues. 
And there's a lot of people jockeying for positions still in that organization. So, yeah, they're not very healthy. But, uh, man, you look at New Fork. They're still plugging along. Uh, almost the same amount of time, too, as MUFON with a smaller crew. But uh, who knows? We'll, uh, we'll see what, what happens. What happens with the government organizations that research this stuff. And we'll see if uh, other organizations, private public pop up in the interim in the meantime well in the meantime i'm gonna let you guys go and i will see you next week but for now keep your eyes in the skies and your ears in the woods and hair standing on the back of your neck and always keep your mind slightly ajar don't let your brains fall out don't believe everything you see or hear or read especially on them facebook stuff and above all else don't stop believing for the paranormal news insider this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.